Hello, this is Victoria with Dream Dogs, and that was. And I'm here just for a few minutes to say this We're is going to be here. a great one. It is. This is Rich. This is, is my husband great? and training partner. Uh, we have been married for like what 21 years? We figured Since it out. Since 97. Since 1997, and this so. being 2019, this year will be 22 years. This December that we've been married. 22 years. 22 years. Most marriages don't last that long. I don't think. No, most marriages last forever. That's no. what I always thought. Okay. No, we're special. Sorry. Ours is forever. All right. Okay. Can you shut the door? Stop. Stop. Shut the door on your way out. So then I hear less of what's out there. Thank you, Rich. Uh, and I've got my dogs back here with me. So uh, Victoria with Dream Dogs. And you might be listening to this live on Facebook or you might be watching it on YouTube. We upload it the next day, which is Wednesday up on YouTube. Uh, and then we also upload it to our podcast on Wednesday. So you have three different ways to watch, listen, and interact with us. And we have some really cool things that we're going to cover today. Hi, Nicole in Texas. That's got to be much better for you than Chicago. <laughs> but you know, it's like 60 degrees here today. So I totally know what it's like up there in the wintertime because 60 degrees, man. It was really nice. And it was wonderful here. And I like 60 degrees in Florida. Um, but yeah, so we, we're dog trainers. That's what we do. And we actually specialize in something. So a lot of trainers get into training because they had that one dog. That one dog who just made them rip their hair out and they went and they found out about training and they tried different trainers, different training styles, different training methods, different tools. And they found that one and it clicked and they became a dog trainer. That happens a lot. Okay. A lot with, with dog trainers for how they got into it. My story isn't that though. My story is I found a dog. Well, first I had a dog and uh, she had severe separation anxiety. Nobody could help us. And we ended up rehoming her, her with a farmer who could be with her 24 seven. And then the next dog we got was Boo the Siberian Husky. And you can read about them. They're in the blogs. I've talked about them before on here. But Boo the Siberian Husky um, that we found we hadn't bit any kids' hands off, which was really nice. Uh, but we found her and we trained her up. Um, Luke was little, so he'd be playing at the playground and I'd be training her. Or, you know, if he was doing good, I could I could train her in the house and all. But uh, but we we trained her up as a service dog. And I reached out to other trainers and I said, look, this is what's going on. And describe the story. And can you help? And one woman in New Jersey said that she could help if we could drive out there. She could spend some time with us. <coughs> Excuse me. So I said, fantastic. So me, Rich, Luke, who was like a year at the time, a year and a half, somewhere around there, and the dog drove from Maryland to Delaware, or to New Jersey through Delaware. So I said, it took at least four hours to get there. She spent about a half hour with us, and she told me to teach my dog to put her head in my lap and to sit on one side of me and then sit on the other side of me. Yeah, that was it. I'm like, seriously, like I drove a total of over eight hours for this. Um, she didn't tell me why I should do that. She didn't tell me how to do that. She didn't say why that should be done. Um, just that that's what I should do. That's what I should teach. Okay. And that was all. And that was actually the anybody because most people just didn't get back to me. Um, I contacted them, you know, like, look, I know you have classes. Can I start in a basic class just to make sure we're doing things right? Uh, and it was really annoying that, uh, that that happened. But what ended up happening from there is people started referring other people to me. Um, people started coming up to me, asking me questions. And like some people referred other people. I'm like, hmm, I'm wondering if this could be a business. And 
bing, bang, boom, here we are. See, Luke's 17 now. He was two-ish whenever this whole thing, not it started, but when people started referring me out. So it's been about 15 years total. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, and, uh, and here we are today. So because of my service dog history, okay, because that was what got me into dog training, people who had service dogs would contact me and want me to help train their dog. But they'd want to do groups or maybe they'd want to do projects or maybe they'd want to do boot camp, but it wasn't enough for service dogs. Um, and we didn't have a program at that time. So what we did, I think a couple years ago, we put together a program and then we expanded on it a lot in the beginning of last year. So our program is absolutely amazing and we have three different levels to it. And if you don't know what it is, check out dreamk9.com. That's D-R-E-A-M, the letter K, the number nine.com. And then our online course, which is a miracle in itself, is at howtotrainyourservicedog.com. Uh, okay, so some more comments. Congrats to you and Rich. Thank you, Carol. And Nicole says it snowed several inches in Chicago on Sunday when I left. Yeah. Gypsy and I had a little bit of dusting of snow in Missouri when we were there in February. And it was nice that we were flying out. <laughs> and Deb says, I know you got my cold. Um, Deb came out with Loki on, what was that, Sunday? I picked up her new Chameleon 3 e-collar. I mean, she wore a mask and she was blowing her nose, but I think this is just allergies, Deb, because this just started. And uh, we have been outside all day today. You guys know we have goats. Well, on Friday, we got a second goat herd. Uh, we had, how many goats did we have? Six girls, two bucks, and then three baby boys, because we've sold some of them. Uh, we're, we have a few more up for sale. And uh, a friend had contacted us that her friend was selling her herd. So we got six more females, their buck, and two males. And the color that we like, which is the white with the tricolor and the blue eyes, and hers are really small too. So we had set up, uh, if you guys have been here, you know when you come down the driveway, the house is on the right and there's a pasture on the left. That's ours. We've just been, we were trying to grow grass on it last year, so no one's been on it. Um, but the cows used to be on it. So uh, they try switch between that and the back. So uh, so we had it all set up. We were going to try to move our goats over there because we have grass. I know this isn't a goat, goat thing, but just hold on. Um, but our goats snuck out. So whenever we got the call that, you know, hey, there's this herd of goats. Do you want them? And they were gorgeous. So we said yes. So we just put them right over there. But what we did today is my goats, all the goats need their hooves trimmed. Um, but mine got their hooves trimmed, they all got wormed, and they got um, vaccinated, the CDT uh, vaccine. So they all of mine got that. So me, Rich, Autumn, and a little bit of Luke helped uh, get that done, and that was super fun. But out there, and I haven't showered since then because I was tired and I needed a nap before this. And then we had someone come out for a quick eval. Um, but I think that's what it is, is because I'm really allergic to horses, and I know goats aren't horses, but I think that's what, what this is, Deb, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Um, Christina says, you can never have too many goats, right? Ours are Nigerian dwarfs, so they're so small, and these new ones are, like, smaller than Zoe, so the other ones are smaller than Gypsy, um, but these ones are smaller than Zoe, and Jackie says, hi from the UK. Hi, Jackie. So what we're going to talk about today, we're going to get into today's, oh, and notice something? Yes, I've got a bibble on my finger. Um, Amanda Lynn Slicer tried to attack me and I bravely fought it off, but it sliced me. So I'm missing like the tippiest bit of my finger. 
Um, well, not really the tippiest, but it took away about um, maybe a third of my nail. I put a picture up on my um, Facebook so you can see it. Uh, and we've been gauze wrapping it. It happened Wednesday, I want to say last week. Um, so I've been neosporin and gauze wrapping it. And I bump it and it hurts so bad. So uh, one of our clients yesterday was a nurse and she said, get a splint for it. And then if you do knock it up against something accidentally, it's cushion. So that's why I'm splinted now. We got two splints, but this is the one that fit better. So hello. Um, and of course, it's my right hand and I'm right handed. <laughs> so today, 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 we're talking about training tools to use with your service or pet dog. Because again, we are like, we're really well known for our service dog program. It's amazing. We're amazing with the dogs. And we only work with owner trainers. So I have people who contact me and they tell me they want me to fully train up a dog for them. And I just say, I don't do that. Um, but I'll work with you to train up your dog. And if you don't have a dog, I'll help you pick out a dog. Like I'll totally do that. But I don't find a dog, train them up and then sell them. I work with owner trainers because there's a big niche there that doesn't have a lot of people in it. And it works really well for us because it's your dog, it's your equipment, it's your vet bills, it's your food bills and treats and everything else. So we wanted to talk equipment about training tools today. Sorry, I apologize, but I can't really like mute this and well, my nose. So sorry. And Anjanette, hi Anjanette. So first training tool that I like to use with the dog is so this is one of our old clickers this is going to be a collector's items guys because we're getting rid of most of these because we have the new purple ones so a uh, clicker this is a box clicker it works out really nicely what it does is it marks the dog's behavior now i have sleepy dogs in here oh my gosh and ninja's trying to play with zoe so i'm not going to click it but it makes a noise you guys have probably heard a clicker at some point um clickers are great do you need a clicker to train a dog no does it make training it a heck of a lot easier? Yes. Why? Is because a lot of people want to use a marker word, like yes. Now, I want you to listen. Yes, 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 right? Or break, break, right? It's shorter. Uh, good, good boy, good boy. See how long those take? Now, I know I'm going to regret doing this, but listen. Okay, you can go back to sleep. You're being really good. See how short and how crisp that was? That means if I'm having a conversation, now she slept while I was saying yes, breaking good. But when I clicked, she was like, yes, because that was a different, unique sound to her, and she knows what that means. So I do like that. Plus, as I'm having a conversation with you, and I'm saying, oh, well, what next time you have a break, tell me, and we can go get something good to eat, right? Does that work for you? Yes, that works for you. See, I've got all three of those words in, but it's in a conversation and my dog's not paying attention. Whereas if I'm talking with you and I'm clicker training my dog and you're going to see this when we get the Malinois puppy, which I haven't heard from yet. Um, so I assume we didn't get one from one of these two litters. So I don't know when the next two litters are due to go home. Um, but whenever I'm working with a dog, I can still have a conversation while I'm training the dog. Because in the beginning we train focus, which is look at me. We train sit, we train them their name, and we train find it. Those are the first four things that we usually train. So I can do that while I'm talking to you and having a conversation. So if I'm on the phone, sometimes you hear clicking in the background. It might be me. It might be, you know, Rich or Luke or someone else. But it's really neat. So I do recommend that. Now, my dogs are all bilingual. So they know what a click means. They know what the break means. So if I don't have a clicker, it's not like you have to have one for the rest of your life. If you don't have a clicker, that's okay. 
So training tools, number one is clicker, especially for the service dogs or for trick training. This is really, 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 really nice, guys. Plus, there's no emotion. Good. 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 Right? It depends. Now, clicker's no emotion. So that's really, really, really nice. And Terry says green clicker is what I want. Terry, if you come down and see me soon, this might still be here waiting for you. <laughs> And Alexandra says, what breed would you say is the best for mobility service dogs? Alexandra, there's three breeds that I recommend more than most. And that is a golden retriever, a yellow or black Labrador retriever, specific yellow or black, uh, and a standard poodle. And they do have royal standard poodles. So Alexandra, how tall are you? What is your... What's your weight? Now, you don't have to tell me this here. You can private message me. I need height, weight, and I need what tasks you're thinking of. So I have people who tell me, well, I need help walking every day. So I want a service dog to lean on to help me walk every day. No. If you get anything, that would be a miniature horse. You cannot rely on a service dog. That way you will hurt them. You will put them out of commission. You'll possibly kill them. Um, light mobility, like I need help sometimes getting up out of a chair. Okay. Um, I need help because I'll veer off this way and I want my dog to walk that way. Okay. I need help pulling my wheelchair at times. Okay. Um, those are all doable things, but watch the breed that you get, watch the height and the weight. So do you want a fit 60 pound lab or do you want a fat 120 pound lab? So you got to think of these things and keep these things in mind. Um, Susan says, hi, Hasu. And you have the purple one. Yeah. And Terry says, I uh, have been in a pet store and could hear someone click, click. Want to find them and let them know they were doing it wrong. Just as annoying as someone who does it. Click, 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 click. Before rewarding or having another, uh, having dog do another command before rewarding. And hoping to make it down in May before you go to gold school. That's awesome, Terry. And then you want to come back when if I get back from gold school too. <laughs> okay. So first one is that. Second one is, well, I grabbed some stuff from the office before I came on today. A martingale collar. So this is one we'll sometimes use with puppies. It's a martingale collar. So it is, this is where the dog's head goes. And you can get it tight. You can get it loose. Um, this might be something I put on a puppy to, you know, just so I have a collar on them. Uh, it might be something I put on a finished dog. The problem with this is, look, the release isn't as good. And you have to put it on and tighten it up. And most people have them on way entirely too loose. Okay. But martingales do work um, because they do have, have that um, give and take. Okay. A couple more highs. Hi guys. Yeah. And you know, 81 pound, another month old golden. <laughs> and how, how much uh, them did Loki weigh? I think you said he was like 65 pounds and he's a little over a year now, but he, Anjanette, maybe you have some advice for us. Um, Loki, like hasn't wanted to eat, hasn't wanted to gain weight. Our things to get him to gain weight are slowly working, but he is being very picky. I'm a little bit bratty because of it. Uh, you know, he just, he won't eat at home. And I know, right? A golden who won't eat, what is this world coming to? Um, so maybe you have some, some tips for us. Okay, next I've got guys is a slip lead. This is a slip lead. It's not a snake. It's a slip lead. Okay. And it has like normal leashes. This is how you want to hold a normal leash. You guys ready? Thumb in the hole. Grip it. Not flipping you off here. I'm going to do it with this hand so you can see. Okay. So I've got the anchor, right? And it's firm. The dog cannot pull out of here at all. 
And then the other hand is going to be your guiding hand. So for that, you want to see your knuckles. If I see my manicure, okay, I can see my manicure. I can't give a correct active release. It feels funny. So you want to make sure you see knuckles so you can give back to your dog. Okay. I mean, that's any leash. So if I have it attached to the martingale, the prong collar, slip lead, choke chain, whatever, flat collar, if you're at that point, that's fine. Now, puppies to get them started, like I said, a martingale. I don't usually use flat collars a lot with the dogs. Um, I might even tell people put a harness on them until I meet. So you have nothing on the throat because the throat's delicate and you don't want your dog to have coughing fits all the time. Okay. So, but this is a slip lead. So you see, nice thing with the slip lead is one size basically fits all. Choke chain, not the same. Choke chain, one size does not fit all. Okay, so I'm the dog. Woof, woof, woof. When it's on correctly, it goes from you over the back of the dog and then under. So if the dog is doing good, it's loose. And the dog doesn't do good and it gets tight and then good and it loosens up again. Now, when you're putting it on your dog, it should look like P for puppy and you put it on the dog and your dog's on your left side. If you put it on backwards, which means do not do this, if you put it on, it goes underneath your dog's wrist and then it comes up on top, look what happens. It's tight because my dog pulls ahead of me, my dog comes back and it stays tight. It doesn't loosen up on its own. So be careful when you put it on. It has to come from you over the top of your dog and then down, and then it'll release and be loose when your dog's in position, which is what you want. Now, slip leads, we use them for potty breaks. And once the dogs, depending on the dog, you know, but for the majority, once they're good on leash, we'll switch them to slip leads. We usually don't start dogs on slip leads because it's just, they're bouncing every which way. Got some new people. Hi, guys. Um, Deb says, by the way, Loki chopped on on his friend, lab friend science died. He did eat two cups with the Stella Mixin, bone broth, and coconut oil. Good. Good. Yeah, we got to get weight on that boy. Um, prong collars. I like prong collars because... They're safe on the neck. Now you just saw the slip lead. Look what a prong collar does. Fully tight. That's how it looks. You see that? What's touching me? Contact points. Right now, this is um, Gypsy's. I made this for her, so I wanted to bring it on to show you guys. This is a 2.25 millimeter Herm Springer prong collar. Has the center plate to protect the trachea right there, and bigger and smaller. You add different links to it. So this is paracord this is the trilobite design weave you can look up how to on youtube because that's how i learned how to do it i connected it here okay and i weaved it and then every now and then i just uh put it through here's the the inside if you can see that right there so you know i could either go in afterwards and put it in um, which took a little bit longer, but then whenever it's sitting on the dog, it's hard to tell what it is, okay? And then this side of it, I have a little, let's see here, just the loop with a knot, so I could put it through. Now, this got to be a little too big, so that's why it doesn't fit as well. Would I do it again? No, <laughs> there's a reason I only did it once. Um, and with Malinois Puppy, it shouldn't be an issue, but we do have this. Now, we also have one that's easier for people. So I grab this. It is Herm Springer, but sometimes it is really hard to work. Now, we had somebody come out today who had the prong collar on entirely too loose. If this is the dog, this is the prong collar, too loose. It needs to fit snug like a bracelet or like a watch. You don't wear your watch like this. 
right? And go like, whoa, and it goes flying off. You don't wear your prong like that either. So the nice thing with this is there's a clip, so you can take it on and off easily. Um, I do like that. I don't get that, that it does not make the clinky clinky noise. I like the clinky noise, but this works too. So this is what a prong looks like. It looks like a medieval torture device, but the nice thing is you can add and remove the, the prongs to get that just right fit for your dog. Now, when you're fitting it on your dog, if you fit it like this, you see two prongs are overlapping. That's too loose. And you pop off those two prongs and see how it fits. So you want it to fit like a watch, okay? Snug like that. You don't want it to be super loose because that's annoying and stupid. Don't be annoying and stupid. Okay. I also have e-collars. Now, Deb will recognize this one. This is an e-collar tech, remote training collar. I love these, especially for service dogs, because say you have limited mobility and you want your dog to have some freedom, but you can't walk your dog five miles a day. I can't walk my dog for, you know, three miles a day. Instead, I can put with my dog in the yard with a Z collar on and make sure that he stays in range. And I have a way to communicate with them up to a half mile away on this one if he decides he wants to go for a wander. Okay, now it's not the tools. Any tools that I showed you tonight, including the clicker, it's not the tool that trains your dog. It's not. What is it that trains your dog? It's the training that trains your dog. So if you get an idiot, so I, I did finally take a group course with Boo, the Siberian Husky, when we moved to Gainesville. And the person who was teaching the course it was a rally course, and I had never even heard of rally, and I had no idea what it was, but we went anyway because I'm like, you know, I want something fun to do. This sounds good. So she has this rally course set up, and if you don't know what it is, it's signs, okay? And the signs tell you what to do. So it could be stop and sit. So you walk up to the sign, stop, and have your dog sit, All right? Super easy. Or maybe there's cones, and you're supposed to weave through the cones. They're easy. Like, check out rally. It's fun. I mean, that was the idea is it took obedience and made it a little funner, a little easier, Okay. So we're there, and she tells me that I'm supposed to click, 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 click. Everything my dog does right. Click, 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 just for walking. And when I get to the end, I'm supposed to give her one treat. I'm like, I don't think that's how a clicker is supposed to work. Or you get the people who can never wean a dog off of a clicker. Ever. You can't. And it's just for the end of time, your dog will always use a clicker. No, that's not how it works either. So I'm looking forward to Nipopo Gold. Um, to learn a little bit more. Now, I know Bart and Michael do a double click with the clicker instead of just a one click. It's like a click click, which is harder to do with these box clickers. It's easier to do with the belly button clickers, but um, they'll do that. And there is a way to wean them off. So I might click, treat, click, and ask them to do it again. And that's going to get them a little frustrated, which means I might get a little better behavior, a little different behavior. Um, but you can misuse anything, guys, like serious, honest to God, anything. You can misuse food. Have you seen how many fat dogs are out there? Now, with correcting a dog, I want to say punishing a dog, but when you have to correct a dog, um, you have to watch it because with the positive stuff, if you're just going to clicker and barely use a leash on your dog, that's fine. I don't care. That's fine. That's your way to do it. But you're going to have to do 10 times the amount of work, okay, because it's going to take you four to 6,000 reps for everything that you teach them instead of four to 600 reps for everything that you teach them. So it's going to take you 10 times the amount of work. And if I get the dog out and he doesn't want to work for me, what am I going to do? 
I can't put a collar and leash on him and use that. I can't touch him and use that. I have to put him back in his crate and basically wait 24 hours and get him out again and see if he's willing to work. Now, when we had Kiki here, Kiki, the Shiba Inu, Kiki did not want to work. Kiki did um, about a week without eating, you know, and, and it happened. You know, and then finally Kiki was very happy to work. But you know what the funny thing is? We got a piece of food out and Kiki sat for it. And I'm like, uh-huh, but you couldn't get that dog. We're trying to capture the scent away from the sit on his own. He wanted. We're trying to use some light leash pressure. No. We're trying to use fingers down the back. No. But you pull that piece of food out and bam. So what we did is we layered him with the e-collar and then we could fade off the food. You know, once he got it, that all oh, crap, you really mean what you say, don't you? Um, so I've got a couple questions and we're going to go back to e-collar. So Crystal says, Sable, my German Shepherd puppy is turning 11 weeks tomorrow and he was 26.9 pounds the last time I weighed her four days ago. Is she really big? My German Shepherd Jedi was four months old and bad health, underweight and full of worms. But at four months, which would be what, like 16 weeks, she was 25 pounds. Um, she matured to be about 60 to 65 pounds. Um, she was like a lighter frame German Shepherd. Um, she wasn't one of the 120 pound German Shepherds. She was, she was dainty. Uh, what's your vet say? Is he fat? Is he big boned? You know, uh, there's some different factors there, Crystal. Um, and Anjanette says, I feed from large breed and I've been so happy with it. Also mom's 65 and dad's 85. Moose is a beast and he's just starting to hulk out. That's awesome. Um, so like I said, I use, I use everything. So people ask me, what tools do you use? Oh, I didn't grab a head halter. I use... Oh, I did kind of grab a head halter. Want to see? Slip leads on my dog. Remember, this is my dog. Woof, woof, woof. Okay. Slip leads on him. I'm going to take, twist, and put it over his snout. Okay. Woof, woof, woof. Like that. I, I'm not putting my finger in there. That's just not happening. So you, you got a, a head halter with you. Um, here's the problem with head halters is people don't know how to use them and how to condition them properly. So you end up with dogs who hate them. Um, we've had dogs come out to the training center, come out here, who have been on a head halter for one, two, or three years, or longer, I'm sure, and they hate it. And all they do is paw at it constantly, rub their nose up against stuff. We've also had dogs come out on a prong collar, and they go home on a gentle leader or a slip lead, um, slip lead head halter because it's the tool that works for them. Why I like prong collar so much too is not only is it gentle on the trachea and it mimics the mother dog's correction, but most people don't use them. Or if they use them, they don't use them right. So when they come out on a prong collar, I have to switch them up because I have to introduce the tool the right way. Um, so if they come out on a prong, they're going to get switched to maybe a head halter, a slip lead, um, gentle leader, or e-collar. If they come out on a head halter, I need to switch them. If they come out on a flat collar, I'm good. If they come out on a harness, I'm good. Um, but we do like to switch them up. So the dogs who have tried everything and you haven't been able to get anything to work, ooh, it's a little bit harder because you've ruined a lot of tools with the dog. So that's whenever I have people who contact me, you know, I've got a puppy, what do I use? Use a harness is fine until we meet up in a couple weeks. You know, don't put, don't give that collar any meaning yet. Um, because if you ruin it, you're going to have to redo it and that's going to take forever. So I just switch. So, uh, Cara says Panda, Pandemonium is her, her German Shepherd. Isn't that the best name? Panda and Pandemonium. She's 65 pounds. And, uh, Sue says Sammy's down two pounds. Way to go, Sammy. It's all that running and playtime in his new collar. Um, so e-collar tech, this is the one we've been using for years. 
Um, you recognize it like this, or if this was oval, because we used to use the oval ones, but we found this was a lot easier for our clients to figure out how to use. Uh, half mile range, waterproof, which is nice, but it's not a sleek looking. Like this is a pretty big box to be on the dog's neck. So I know this is what you guys have been waiting for. This is what we got. And I did up a, a how-to video for the chameleon, uh, the unboxing and how to install the feathers. So I'm just gonna show you guys tonight my chameleon. I ordered two. I ordered a total of eight of them and I had six people buy them, the different ones. Um, six of them went and, and got sold and I kept two for myself and to go along with um, the one that we got at Silver School, which is the um, Martin Systems Micro with the extender. So now I have three and this is what we're gonna start using um, on Rue, because he doesn't really have a collar right now. So Rue will get it. You know, some of the service dogs will get it because it comes with this. This is the finger kick. This is the best thing in the world. And that's the finger, which means I don't have to have the transmitter, which is so small. You want to see size comparison? Hi, I'm the little baby brother, right? Size comparison. And so this fits in my pocket. Pretty neat, right? It has the finger button, so I don't have to look at it. This doesn't become a cue anymore. What? Let me grab that. It's just, it's right here on my finger. So I wore this while we warmed the goats, <laughs> trimmed their hooves, gave them their vaccines. I had this on because we had Gypsy outside with us. And I, I let her be outside with the goats and with the chickens right there. And remember, we started e-collar on Gypsy at five and a half months old because she was going after the chickens. She was so proud of herself. So the fact that I can take her down there without the e-collar on, but Rich feels safer with the e-collar on. So we do that. But you wanna see? You wanna see what it looks like? Here's, this is the medium sized chameleon. So Sammy got one and then I got one. Look how sleek that looks. On them, you can't even see. If they're fuzzy like Gypsy, you can't really even see that it's there because the fur comes through at the different spots. There's no big brick. This actually sits at the base of the throat. So these are the feathers, the contacts. You see how small those are? And that's gonna sit like, depending on the size of the dog, like halfway up. Uh, so I got one medium for whenever we do get Malapuppy in, you know, we can start this at a younger age. Uh, if you get one in and you don't know how to start it, please work with somebody here. This is something that I've been noticing a lot lately and it is driving me insane. How do you know the dog feels it? Whenever they show that they feel it, whenever their neck twitches or their eye twitches or their head or their ear twitches, no, that's too high. When do you know that they feel it? You guess, honest to God, guys, you guess. So this is how you wanna start it. If you have the time, this is how you set it up. No matter what color it is. Now there's only three brands that we'll use. There's two that I recommend. So Dogtra is the one. We'll use it. Sometimes I recommend it um, because it does have some features that, um, way less expensive. Um, it has like a button, but it's more of a watch than a finger. Okay, but it's only about like 240, I wanna say, um, for the Dogtra Arc, or I think the 1900 um, has that that option as well. And for my my disabled community who's doing service dogs, that really comes in handy. Um, so there's the dog truck, which I don't sell. There's the Martin Systems, which is the Chameleon, which is what I just showed you, which is kick-ass. I do sell that, um, but the price tag is also very high. It's about, I think, $700 for the system. And then the third thing is e-collar tech, which I just showed you. And that runs about 200 depending on. So it's a difference, but I tell you what, 
You can get an extender for it. This helps you get better contact. This, the Chameleon 3 will actually show you when you have better contact. So you can make sure you have better contact. Now I have been doing e-collar stuff for years, years, honest to God, years, guys. And I thought, there's no problem. I know I'm doing it right. And um, yeah, it shows that she's not making contact about half the time. I have to get a parter coat and watch all that. So I'm like, holy cow. So contact is killer, guys. Contact is key. Um, so I'm really glad that it has that. It also has a safety device, safety mechanism thing on it where when the dog gets wet, instead of having feeling it higher at that same number, um, it makes it so it still feels the same, even though the dog's wet, which is better con con conductiveness, I want to say. Okay, back to some of these questions. Um, and then I'm going to tell you about the twitching some more. So remind me if I forget. Anjanette says, I was in tractor supply this weekend and a lady who got a pit bull from the Humane Society and they told her to get a prong collar. I said, do you know how to use it? And she says, no. I said, please look up Dream Dogs before you put this on your dog. There's a proper way and I'm not the one to tell you. My point is, thank you for the education. Anjanette, that's awesome. Thank you for the shout out up there, girl. Um, Crystal says she's quite lean and big boned. And that says she's going to be a huge dog, 90 to 110 pounds. I think that's big for a female. It is. But as long as she's fit and not fat, she should be fine. Um, Cara says Thor, female German Shepherd, is almost 90. Pandemonium is much smaller. Um, Susan says Sammy reacts by tilting his head as a one. Is this too much for him? Uh, that's what I'm going to talk about. And Deb says with a fluffy like Loki, I have to really work to see the lights. Yeah, but at least I can see the flashing lights and adjust the collar. Yes. So one of the things that Sue and Deb that you're going to want to teach is – for them to sit and put their head up so you can look and see. So it has, I was calling them running lights, which is like, it's not a running light, it's a chaser light. And I'm like, oh. So it has chaser lights, not running lights um, on it until it makes good contact. And then it'll tell you by just going to one flash, okay? Um, so Crystal says, okay, at least I know mine is not the only big German Shepherd, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm not, Americans like to be, breed them big, no matter what it is. So here's the problem. Whenever they have as head tilt might be one thing, like I think I feel something. Um, but we had a client come in. This is when we had the training center. He had done puppy and basic and I think intermediate, but he didn't do e-collar with us. But he comes in one time on an e-collar and he pushes it and his dog's one of these. And if you didn't see that, it's like a really big twitch, um, really bad. And I said, hold on, what number do you have her at? Well, at a 35. 35 on one of these. I'm like, no, the dog shouldn't be at a 35. Well, that's whenever she first twitched. If you wait, and Bart did this, Bart and Michael did this, and he put silver. Um, and what they did is they put it on somebody, had them relax their arm, and zapped them, and zapped them, and went higher and higher until their hand twitched involuntarily. Twitch. So you guys can try this at home with yours. And if you wait until the twitch, you felt it at a way lower number. So say the twitch maybe comes at a six, but you felt it at a one. You know, so why are you waiting for that involuntary twitch? Um, but a lot of people want to do that. They want to find something. So this is what we do. If we don't know what number, depending on the collar that we're using, if we're using the e-collar tech, I'm going to work them at a one. At home, Gypsy works at a one. Outside, we're looking at about a three or a four right now, just to make sure she listens um, and doesn't eat a chicken or a goat. Um, e-collar tech. I might start them in a one, two, three, four, but four or five is usually what I do. And I just act like they know what it is. And sometimes they don't. And sometimes they're walking, and but we just layer it over the leash work stuff 
just like normal. Now, if you get one and you're like, well, I don't know how to use it, this is what I'm gonna tell you, you don't know how to use it. Any e-collar, lowest number you can do, push the button, give them a treat. Push the button, give them a treat. Push the button, give them a treat. When that's doing good, couple sessions, turn it up to a two. Push the button, give them a treat. Now sessions are gonna run you just 30 seconds. Push the button, give them a treat. Until you hit, depending on the collar, maybe the four or five on e-collar tech. The one is probably all you're gonna need on the, um, the chameleon. Teach them that good things come when that button is pushed, okay? Don't have your dog have a negative connotation. I'm using a bunch of big C words tonight. Conductivity, connectivity, conduation, whatever. Um, you don't want your dog to have a negative, you know, association with the e-collar. You don't. You want them to have like, oh my God, it's the greatest tool ever. When I put my e-collar out, my dogs get so happy and they want to be the one to get it because whoever gets it gets to go and have fun. So they all want it. That's what I want. I don't want them to be like, ah, and I have to like force them and force the collar on them. It doesn't work that way. They have to want it. They have to love it. They have to really want this put on them. So that's how we do it. Now there's one of the nice things with this is it has the normal settings and it has the high settings. So Sue, make sure you're on the normal settings on there. Uh, and for that, it's under the user guide on page something. <laughs> Here we go, page three, subsection two. Um, the stim level, it comes with the factory level settings, right? So there's only nine levels. So one through eight are the same as their PT3000 and level nine is the equivalent of level 11 on the PT3000. And that means nothing to me because I don't have a PT3000. But if you extend the level, then level one is like level one and each level jumps up two levels. So one is one, two is gonna be what, four? Three is gonna be like five. And level nine is gonna be the same as level 18. So it's gonna be up higher. So it says how to do that, to choose the factory, which is what you want, hold the on off and the downward arrow together about three seconds until the level one is displayed. And if you wanna make it where it's a little hotter, say your dog's blowing you off, then you do the upward arrow with the on off. So down is to go it down, up is to go up, and it's both with the on off. And level nine will be displayed and you have to hold it about three seconds. So try that, Make just to make sure that while we were playing with it, we didn't accidentally turn it up higher for Sam. And then the other nice thing you can do with the Martin systems, with the Chameleon, is you see all those plasticky yellow bits? Yeah, those you can put contact points on. So what you could even do is put an extra set of contact points on it and see what happens to it because every set of contact points is gonna take it down a little bit on what they can feel it because it's sending it out more. I don't have any fancy words for that one. So right now it's two and two. Okay, but look how nice that is. It's really a nice one. I really, really am happy with it. Um, even though it took for flipping ever to get. Uh, and then it was apparently stuck in customs. They needed my EIN number for the business or my social. So they got my EIN number because I wasn't about to give my social security. And that's, that's a little safer for me, I think. Uh, Krista said, can I start on a prong now? I was told by a PetSmart employee she was way too young, but I'm guessing that was false info. And she laughed and shook her head in shame. <coughs> yes, Crystal, you can start. I started Gypsy at eight weeks old on a prong collar because I didn't want her to think she could pull at all. 
Now with Malibu Puppy, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to start him on a harness or a prong. Um, but yes, you can definitely start her on a prong collar. Make sure you do it right. So we do have some free how-to videos up on YouTube. I believe our YouTube channel is backslash dream dogs, D-R-E-A-M-D-O-G-Z. D-O-G-Z, remember that. Um, if you search that up, you should be able to find it. Freedom, if you see something, freedom is our e-collar training because it offers freedom. Uh, so, so check that out and see, you should be able to see that. Um, so here's the problem with PetSmart um, employees is they don't know anything. A lot of PetSmart trainers were employees like the week before. So a lot of times all they want to do is sell harnesses. Here's the problem with harnesses. Uh, when do you get them? I missed it. When do I get what? So, um, oh, the puppy. Um, I didn't hear from, from Ivan yet. Uh, so I assume, because what he have, the I and the J litter. So I, I think, was supposed to go home yesterday, or two days ago on Sunday. And then J, yeah, J is supposed to go home Easter Sunday, from what I calculated from when they were born. So I assume that none of them fit um, my requirements for what I wanted. So I messaged him today and asked when the K and L litters, because it says that um, there's not confirmation of the breeding but he also hasn't updated his website in a while. So I'm hoping to hear something soon because I'm dying here. Um, Crystal says, okay. So yeah, every trainer has their own. Now harnesses work. Like I said, I'll put puppies on the harnesses so I don't have to interfere with it and they can pull all over the place because that's fine, they're puppies. Um, if I'm working a mobility dog, um, here's a question that we had got. They're not supposed to do pulling or mobility stuff until they're a year and a half or two years old and have been cleared by the vet which is true for mobility work. Um, but, but what about things like guide work, momentum pool, um, counterbalance? Do those count? This is a question that we had. While you can teach them how to do it. So like I teach brace work to young dogs all the time. I don't put weight on it, but I teach them where to put their feet whenever I touch down here very, very, very lightly. I'll show you how lightly I, I touch down very lightly, right? Not really even enough to bend my Kleenex. Um, I want you to push back and that's what I'm gonna click for. So there's things like that, which if I yesed for it, he didn't know what I was doing. So a click is much better for that too. Um, I'm not gonna put weight or pressure on a dog until the dog has been cleared by the vet at a year and a half to two years old when the joints close. And that's true for anything. If you're gonna do counterbalance, if, if you're gonna do wheelchair pool, they still need to have their joints closed or you can hurt them more. Okay. So you still need to get that, which, you know, Gypsy turns two in August. So I still have time with her. We're getting her x-rays in June, her OFAs. So we'll see if the joints have closed then. Hopefully they'll be able to tell us because um, it'll be what two months shy of her two-year-old birthday. So she'll be 22 months old. So we'll see what happens with her. Now she's too short for me to utilize that way because huh, again, we we're supposed to have arrows still. Um, and then Mala puppy's not gonna be ready for a while. So that again, leaves me a bit in a pickle um, and kind of nervous about that. So what tools for you guys? What tools do you use that you don't know if you should use? Oh, I've got more. <laughs> booties. I did not bring any out here. Yes, I use booties on my dogs. I live in Florida. Um, if I'm going to be taking them out, 
to where they have to be walking outside and it's hot on the ground, they will use booties. Do I use booties in January whenever it's 60 degrees outside for the day? No, I don't use booties then. Um, do I use booties whenever it's 80 degrees for the day in April, May? Yep, I'd use booties then. I check it. You put your hand, you put your foot on the ground, on the pavement. If it's hot, it's hot for them too. Um, now what if, now I have a handicap placard. So what if I park and I have to run into Walmart and I'm going to take my dog and I'm going maybe, what's that, maybe 50 feet? Do I do that? Usually not. Because I do want them to have some um, pad build up there. But again, it depends on your dog. Um, so we've had little dogs that we've carried across parking lots because it's just too hot. Um, even even with the, the booties, it's just, I'm not carrying gypsy across the parking lot every time though. Um, so booties I'll use, um, cooling jackets, cooling vests. Yes. I'll use those cooling bandanas. I've tried them, not wild about them. Um, different gear for the summer. Yes. Lightweight gear. Yes. Um, the muffs, the ears and the eyes, the, the Google glasses things. Uh, I don't have those. If I did a lot of concerts or loud things, I would probably get the muffs for them. We've done movies. I don't know how many times I've never needed them. Um, eyes. So people get cataracts because they live so long. Apparently some fun stuff that I found out people get cataracts because of um, being out in the sun without sunglasses. So it hardens up the eyes and because people live for so long, that's why they get cataracts and you basically have to peel them off. And whenever I think of that, I always think of, you know, a potato peeler They just peel off the cataracts. I'm like, that's so gross. I, again, I'm not good with stuff. I'm not good with this. This was a pain. Like I just got passed out trying to clean it up after it was done um, the next morning because I just covered it up the night and slept without it. Um, but dogs don't live as long as people do. Dogs aren't going to get cataracts. So the only thing I think I'd wear the goggles with would be if I if they ran in the woods a lot so they didn't get something in their eye or if I like to drive with the windows down a lot, which I usually don't. And I, I have a Jeep with a soft top, so I could, but they lie down whenever I do it. So like nothing's going to go flying in their eyes. Um, some questions. So Jordan asks, how do you feel about easy walk and front lead harnesses? I don't like them and I don't like them because they squish the shoulders to lead them back around. Um, we've had people come out who are using them. I'm um, saying, oh, my dog doesn't pull. Guess what? The dog still pulls. Uh, harnesses have a purpose and the purpose for harnesses is to pull. So if I'm working on a dog who needs to pull, um, needs to pull a wheelchair, needs to pull a sled, I will use a harness, but it will not be a front lead or an easy walk harness because I have not seen one yet that I like. And I don't want the dog to have a crippled gait. Um, for me, especially with the service dogs, that's very important to, to have full range of motion. Uh, Terry says, will Goose's feet grow anymore? Want to get him some soon? Waiting to get, wanting to get some Kurdish ones and they aren't cheap. They're not. So he is a year plus now. So I'd, I'd probably order them now and hope that he does good. And Crystal says, have you heard of Safe Calm Collar? I just learned about them. They're like a mix of head halter and choke chains. I have not, Crystal. If you want to send me a, a link with that, I'm happy to look into it. Um, as long as the chain doesn't go over the top, like some of the horse ones do, I think that's too sensitive for a dog. Okay. I've got to, sorry about this. I didn't realize how late it was. I've got to get going because we've got to do goats and I'm going to go play with the new goats. Okay. So, um, let me know what you want to talk about next week. What's the best way before I go to introduce a head halter uh, with food. Here's the opening. I'm going to hold it. Here you go. Here you go. Touch. Here you go. You're on. Let's walk. Okay, people want to put it on and sit there and wait while their dog paws at it. Nope, on and walk. 
Um, here, Terry also says goose will only wear a Y front harness because they don't impede shoulder movement exactly. Yeah, so don't get one that cuts across like this. Get a Y harness. Y M C A. Okay, so hate to cut it short. Gotta go see my goats. I will see you guys next week.